All right, today on the Button Up Podcast, we have one half of the co-founding team of TNH, Anna Griffin. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I know you from behind the camera mostly at TNH, but recently you started to come out into the videos, and I think you're a welcome presence on the TNH channel. But uh, I know the liquor run is out there with some of your story, but I really don't know much about you. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about your your California roots. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. So I know you and Christian met in college, but how do you two end up together at Seton Hall and you have, you know, you start to develop that eye for photography and video? Yeah, so um, my, I guess like eye for photography and video, it happened like, I won't, I won't say accidentally, but it kind of was just a natural thing. So my mom is uh, an artist. She's a fine artist. She paints and she's always been photographing. So I grew up in a house where basically every event was, was either like recorded or photographed or both. And uh, so cameras were in my face, in my life constantly. And, uh, and that was a, a big part of how I was raised. And it was a big part of how I reflected on, you know, fond memories. And it was like, it was just a it was a definitely a big thing in my life. And, uh, and so when I was in seventh grade, I got like a little Canon point and shoot. And I don't know how this was allowed, but I brought that little Canon to class with me every day. And I would record in class. Like I recorded lessons. I recorded us like rehearsing for whatever, like little school play. Like I, I brought that thing everywhere and I was allowed to use it. And at the end of seventh and eighth grade, I had like hours and hours of just random footage of like during lunch and during class and like after school and practices, like gym class, like literally. And, uh, and I was like, oh, like, I'll just put this together and make like a little like iMovie thing and literally never show it to anyone and do anything with it. Uh, and so I did that and I was like, oh, that was fun. All right. Sounds good. And then, uh. I went to high school and I, I changed schools. I actually was in Utah at that point. I moved from California to Utah and then back to California for high school. And uh, in high school, I met my best friend in the whole world uh, when I was 14. And I did the same thing. I was like taking photos, taking videos everywhere. We went with all of our friends in class, during school, during lunch, everything, volleyball tournaments, the works. And uh, she told me she was moving across the country the next year. And I was like, oh my God, this, you know, what do I do? And I made her a movie uh, when she moved. And it was of like all these hours of of us just like hanging out and getting to know each other and, and with our teachers and with our fellow classmates. And it was, it was really cool. And so that I put together like a, I don't know, 20 minute movie for her. And I was like, oh, this is like, this was really fun. It was like, I love you know, like capturing people and that are, you know, passionate about stuff and doing what, you know, doing what they love, which in our case was like hanging out at lunch, you know, uh, like I love that. And I was like, well, like, all right, I don't really want to make movies. So I guess I'll just go do something else because this isn't really a thing. Like Instagram wasn't even an app. So do you still have all those files, pictures and videos? I have some of the files from that freshman year. I do have the video file. Uh, of the movie that I made her. I, I still that. have like a big hard drive of stuff, like literally high school documents. And I'm like, I don't know why I keep any of this. It's oh like yeah. Digital I have like hoarding. papers. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I do that too. But yeah, so that that kind of was a start. And it, I, I really, I don't think I, I always consumed like music on YouTube. But at that point, I wasn't really like Fred was big, you know, but like there wasn't really um, YouTubers that I was like consistently following. So it didn't seem like a path that I was that I could, you know, follow in terms of like a field of study or I didn't see that at that point. Um, and yeah, when I went, when I went to college, it was like, I had a, you know, a nicer Canon and I loved taking photos and I liked capturing video. Like I would, I would on like family vacations or over Christmas or over the summer when I went home, like I would, I would record just like what we were doing. And I love that. And then I would make a little movie and like, maybe I would give it to family members or just keep it and watch it. But I loved doing that. And then Christian needed a photographer. So we met in, in college, uh, doing mock trial. And, uh, I went from being totally stunned that anyone would wear a watch to, uh, being convinced that they were, you know, really cool and, and, you know, worth, worth all this time and attention and, and passion. And he needed a camera, uh, so someone to take photos of, of the watches. And I was like, all right, like, I'll do it. Like I have a camera. I, I barely know how to use it, but like, let's try this out. So that's kind of how that started. When he has like an infectious passion for it, it's like he's oh, so yeah. excited about it and he can bring others into the fold, which is why it's probably grown so well. Oh, exactly. Yeah. He, yeah, he can, he does a really good job of, of waxing poetic about, about these things. And cause it, you know, there is so much to dive into and it's, it's something that you can get, you can take so many angles, you know, it's really cool. It has something in it for everyone, I think. And you went to what school you- planning to do video photo? No, I actually was going to go to law school. Same with Christian. So I was a journalism major, uh, and I was going to go to law school. Yeah. Who, who would you say was, uh, I have to ask, who would you say was, was a better performer in mock trial? You can tell us. Oh, you know, it's actually hard. Christian's, uh, you know, I mean, you've seen him on YouTube. Christian's presence is, is unbeatable. His problem in mock trial, which didn't necessarily translate to the real world, is that he, uh, he didn't want to practice ever. He didn't want to come to practice. He didn't want to rehearse his lines, you know, or whatever. So he was the best, you know, speaker, performer, you know, actor uh, we had. But um, I, I worked harder to perfect the, you know, the specific skills, I think. So we were very, very different performers. But we both did very well. So <laughs> we both succeeded in mock trial. <laughs> So he uh, was being chased by an axe murderer one day and called you to build a website. Is that yeah. correct? That's, that's what it sounded like. Exactly. So Christian, uh, I was not involved with the company really at all. You know, we were, oh, I'm playing it. We were really good friends and uh, he had told me all about it. And I was like, hey, I have a camera. Like, I'm cool with it. Like, I'll figure it out. So call me if you need to take photos or whatever. Like, I'll be your, you know, stand-in photographer until you find someone who, like, actually knows how to take product photography. Uh, and so he, Christian was, was basically emailed by Eric Wind, who was writing Hodinkee's What's Selling Where, uh, which is now Bring a Loop, um, and, or turned into Bring a Loop. And then, uh, so he was supposed to be featured, Theo Harris was going to be featured on What's Selling Where on a Friday. And that Tuesday, uh, Christian found out about it. And he called me that day and was like, he freaked out because he had to put together a whole catalog of watches and a functioning website 
in about a day and a half. And so I got this email from him. Or not email. I'm sorry. So I got this voicemail from him on that night. Adam, please call me back. I need you. Please fucking call me back. So that was startling. <laughs> I was like, all right, uh, I guess we got to do this. So I went over to his house. Uh, he picked me up from my dorm room. Uh, I went over at like six and I think we took photos until like 8 a.m. It was all night and I was using wax paper to cover his overhead lights and I was like standing on top of the couch trying to see if I could take, you know, good photos up there because my lens was totally wrong. And we were using these two by fours he had taken from the backyard of his grandpa's house to use as a background. It was like the most catastrophic experience. I mean, walking into it, it looked like, you know, it was a total disaster. Uh, but in the end, you know, we had we had 12 watches on a website that probably was one page and just the watch listings. Uh, and then the next day, so we did that. The next day, I went back to school and proceeded to fail my German exam that I had. I got a 48 on the test and because uh, I had no sleep and was abs I was falling asleep during the test. And uh, I actually was allowed to retake it because she was like, this was not normal, so you get to retake the test. So thank God for that. But the day after, the Friday, we were featured on Hodinkee, and uh, that watch sold. So that was like, it was a huge thing. I think Christian probably made like $50. It was wild. <laughs> so so how, <laughs> how how big was the Hodinkee feature? I mean, I, I know it's it's probably the biggest watch pub publication, one of the most popular websites in general, but like, was that like a game changer? That really, yeah, like that was what was going to put us on the map, basically. I mean, because, you know, Hodinkee, I think it, I think it listed maybe five, you know, different place, five different watches from different places. And, you know, being one of the five that Hodinkee was going to list one week was a huge, huge deal. Because hmm. they hmm. had, I know this was like five years ago now, but they are four years ago. But they, you know, they had so many people and they, they had so much trust, you know. And so being being put on that list as a very, very new company was well, being actually brand new company was was a huge deal. Yeah. And it's Christian, I think at that point had a little bit of an Instagram following. So there was a little bit of backlog, you know, but yeah, but it was huge. It was huge. That's awesome. And so since that was a even though you guys like scrambled to get it together, that was a big success. So at that point was Christian like, okay, you have to, you have to join me in this or, or what happened after that? I don't really know if we had a conversation about it. It just kind of snowballed. And I was like, oh, this was really fun. And and it was kind of terrifying because I legitimately was like, I don't think I know how to do this at all, but like, mm -hmm. I'll figure it out. So yeah, that's, I mean, I was like, no, this was, this was ridiculous, but like, let's refine it and I'll just keep doing it. And like, I want to help you and I want to like grow this. So that's basically what happened. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I guess like you were saying, there's not, there wasn't a ton of watch video content going on on YouTube. So, you know, it was it was kind of a new thing uh, when you guys started. But I, I think also you had like a different, I don't know, a different vibe um, to a lot of the other watch channels. You know? Yeah, exactly. So we started our channel in September. Of that, or we we started filming in September. I think we released in October of 2015, and the whole point was, you know, we just want to speak really candidly and be entertaining, but be like really transparent about the watch industry because it was really fun to you know to talk to people about it. But all of the content that was coming out 
you know, wasn't necessarily representing just like the fun, very casual, you know, conversations that were happening within the community. And so we were like, let's just be like a voice for people that want to have a cool conversation about anything in the industry, you know, and, and actually get into it and get in like about the marketing and talk about, is this, you know, actually a good watch? Not just like, you know, what's how many millimeters is it? You know what I mean? So yeah, there really wasn't that much on there. And we, you know, we got barely any views on those videos, but, but people really enjoyed them because it was the first of its kind. It was the first where someone sat down and was legitimately like, all right, this watch is really popular, but like, is it actually good? You know, like, let's talk about it. And so, yeah. Well, the initial part of the site is you were really focused on like sub thousand dollar watches, right? Like Seiko's and some other models because it wasn't initially Datejust's all over the place. Oh no, for yeah, and it was making that transition was was really was a big conversation for a while. It was like, you know, Hamilton's, like Longines, a lot of like no name kind of brands, like brands that we don't ever list anymore. And it was those were way harder to find. They were, you know, the condition was a little rougher, but yeah, it started off. I don't think we sold a Rolex for, you know, at least a year. Were the videos part of what led you into going on market? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because that's really what Christian was passionate about. You know, he had a a Rolex Datejust and he bought it, I think, one or two years prior to starting the company. Uh, and his grandfather had an Omega that he always loved. And his dad had a Rolex GMT that he, you know, saw him wear almost every day. And so those watches were really what he loved to talk about. So I think once he started talking and people were receiving it so well and, and wanted to keep talking about those watches, it was like, oh, like this is where the interest is. And, you know, and, and why not source these watches that I know so much about and, and really love, you know. So that's where it started. And no turning back from there. Right. It's only been. Oh, absolutely. Increasing. No, they went crazy. I, I think we sold like one watch a month for the first like eight months. It was like it was a miracle when a watch sold. And then we started really talking about Rolex and Omega. And and once we were listing more and more, it was like, you know, it just made more sense. What? It was something that people can really, you know, feel. There's a lot, a lot of sentimentality there. That's good because you guys are busy with class. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would be in in my dorm, like take. I, I still, I think I, t I took photos in my dorm for probably a year, and like I edited videos on iMovie at like three a.m. You know, trying to like hide the light from my roommates. Do you remember yeah. a turning point then in college where you were like, okay, this thing is serious because now you're graduated, you're out of school, and you're doing T and H. Do you remember that kind of trajectory? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I even, Theo, it's so funny, Theo and Harris was just like, it was just like this fun thing, and I was like, it's just this this crazy thing, like this, you know, Christian just decided to start a company one day, and for some reason, like, just the idea of him starting a company just was so, was weird to me, although now I look back and almost everyone in my family has their own company in some way. Uh, and so it really wasn't that foreign of an idea, but it was just the fact that he was so young and that he could do this. And so for me, just being involved was like this, this amazing, you know, learning experience and, and watching everything grow. And so it was more of like something f fun and challenging. And so it was just part of my life. 
I went to class and I went to mock trial and, or I was on summer break. And then there was also Theo and Harris and I was also taking, you know, photos of watches and I was also uploading to YouTube. It was just like part of my life. And then when it, I graduated in December early. So I was applying for jobs, but I was also like, okay, I might give myself like some time to apply for jobs in the next couple months after I graduate. Um, and just keep doing Theo and Harris is like my main gig. And then I think like one or two months into that, I was like, I was, you know, I was applying to jobs and I, I decided that I wanted, you know, like to work at WeWork, you know, was my, I was like, that'll, that'll compliment Theo and Harris really well. And I actually never heard back from them, which was hilarious. I, I had like friends refer me. I applied like three times uh, and I never heard anything back. And then in February, I was like, February or March, I like talked to Christian and I was like, Hey, like this is you know, maybe I could just try doing this full time. Like this is where the momentum is. And that's kind of why I decided to not go to law school too. I was like, I love this company. And like, I love growing and working with Christian and, and building this and talking to super cool brands and like, you know, collaborating with people on, on really like powerful, awesome content. Like, why would I stop? You know? And so that's just where I felt pulled. And so I, that's why we're here. That's awesome. And so tell us about the transition then from, you know, working full time, mostly behind the scenes to being uh, one of the talent on the channel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's funny. It's it's really different. I think that a lot of a lot of people uh, Christian gets a lot of hate on YouTube. And I think a lot of it is very uh, ridiculous and trolly and unwarranted. But um yeah, it's fun. It's it's fun to have different personalities. And one of the challenges of being on camera for me is like figuring out like really, you know, what is my unique contribution? You know, like I love making these videos and I, I love talking about watches, but I definitely am not the type of authority that Christian is. So I think part of this transition has been finding out like what is my what is my offering to this channel and how can I be unique and, and the most informative and the most entertaining that I can be? Um, so it's been fun to sort of grow into that. I think that the Seiko, the Seiko sucks, changed my mind video. That was like really fun for me. I'm a big, you know, I was a journalism major. So I love, I love doing research and I love, you know, laying out the facts and hearing Christian give his opinion and sort of debate him on them. So that's kind of where I think that my, my groove is sort of, but. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when, when you first came on, there was. I feel like people just kind of get used to certain channels. They get used to uh, the format of a channel. And so I remember, I think one of your first videos, there were a couple of comments like, wait, like, what is this? Who is this? You know, but, but now, now, now you're like very much loved and people are like, Oh, like more Anna, you know? So it's, it's just kind of funny what uh, people take a little bit of time to get used to, you know? <laughs> exactly. I know people, people were weirded out about liquor run at first too, you know, with Christian and his dad. And then all the time it's more roly, more roly. People, people love uh, the co-hosts, man. That's it. But, but yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting. And the transition has been, has been like not hard, but it's just been really interesting to see, you know, if I have all this time to focus so much energy on Theo and Harris and, and it's opened up a lot of different, you know, ways that I look at what I do and, and different ways to grow. And so it's been, it's been awesome. I mean, this whole experience with this company, it's been almost four years now. It's just, it's, it's so interesting to, to be able to be someone who is 
you know, building and learning, but simultaneously like gathering so much knowledge from like the community around me, like, you know, like you guys and like everyone that we meet through Theo and Harris, it's like, you learn something from everyone and, and you're, you're building, but you also have to like rely on yourself and rely on this really small team to make the right decisions and trust your gut. And it's just, it's so different than, you know, what my life would have been if I like went to law school, you know? Oh, I know. It's crazy. But so for you now, like you're focused on TNH, what is your, how do you like structure your weeks? How do you structure your days? Because you guys do daily content and I know that you do it. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you definitely keep the trains running as anybody that watches uh, Christian's story and your story. I think that's the full way to experience TNH is follow TNH, but then also oh, your yeah. story, Christian's story, and that gives you the full thing. But how do you, you know, structure yourself to make sure you're keeping up with all the content you do? Yeah. So my days are kind of, kind of ridiculous and no day is really structured the same. Um, but, and I've recently in the last couple months tried to figure out, you know, specifically like morning routines, like what's, what's really like good for me. Uh, and so I'm still experimenting with that, but I like getting up early. So I get up ideally like five 45 or six. I do like 30 minutes of like, I drink hot like lemon water and I do like 15 minutes of like yoga on my floor next to my bed and uh, I just sit down and crank out a bunch of emails you know I just get every like answer all the ones from late night yesterday or, or whatever and and send out a bunch of like partnership like content you know intros and things like that and then you know, we'll either be recording or planning a video basically every day. So either Christian's at my house and we're doing an off topic or I go to the studio and we're recording liquor run or we're recording rants or we're writing them or we're, you know, just getting B-roll for them or which is like recording watches, you know, in my apartment, like with my big windows that are fantastic natural light. Or, you know, we are, we're getting info from other people and trying to, trying to piece together other footage the other week. Um, we spent a, a dinner basically with all of Christian's family uh, with a new restaurant that opened in his town and they're from Tuscany and they have these beautiful, you know, like um, platters, you know, it's all just like, uh, you know, cheese and, and beautiful, like, you know, cold cuts. And we spent probably, I think like three or four hours there just filming that process and eating with them and talking about their story. So, you know, no day is the same and it's all really about, you know, there's a little bit of structure and there's the things that happen every day, like the emails and like posting on YouTube and making sure we have like all the covers and all the articles, you know, edited and, and, and that's a daily thing. But there's also these like incredible, like meeting new people and, and spending a day with someone in their restaurant or someone in their house talking about their watches. And so it really keeps it. It's, it's very different. It keeps me on my toes constantly. And some days you go to a horse table which that's one of, I think it's one of my favorite I was going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, let's hear oh it. Oh my God. That, and that was really fun. Okay, so that's the Gucci Horsebit Loafer video. And uh, that was when we started really experimenting. I think that was like one of the first off-topic videos we did. And we, um, Christian was like, okay, we're going to do Gucci Horsebit Loafer. And I was like, cool, equestrian, I love it. So I actually grew up on a farm, legitimately. So I had horses my whole life. I had like 30 acres in Santa Rosa, California, and I had chickens. Also still have chickens now. My mom still has chickens. I had We had like sheep around us. We were next to a dairy farm. So this is like my jam. I love animals. I grew up riding horses. Um, I grew up going to like summer camps, like, 
you know, I love the smell of a dirty stable. It's kind of gross, but like, I love it. It's like home. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to find a local stable and we're going to do it. We're going to go there and we're going to film. So I found a stable. It was like 20 minutes from Christian's house. It was perfect. They, um, they wouldn't answer the phone. So I was like, okay, I know that they're open. So I'll just go and we'll, we'll see if we can record. And we got there and it was, it was beautiful. It was a hot, hot summer day, but it was like, it was perfect weather. It was, it was, it was like a gorgeous place and the grass, you know, was, was beautiful and it was surrounded by trees and the horses were amazing. And so I was like, okay, this is it. This is going to be perfect. And the barn was open, good lighting. It was, I mean, couldn't have been better. So we walked into the front and we were like, hi, we're grad students. Um, we need to film something equestrian for a project. Is it okay if we film here? And the woman was super nice, but she was like, I'm so sorry. Like you can only take photos and just take a few. Uh, we don't, we don't allow video here. And we were like, yeah, no, no problem. Sure. That's fine. And, uh, we made sure that she didn't see us and we probably spent three hours recording there that day. We were hiding behind the barn doors and we were waiting. There was actually lessons going on. We just kind of snuck around in the stable. They knew we were there and we would, you know, if anyone walked by, we would quickly take some photos. But, um, but it was, it was, you know, we, you know, we were being dishonest, but it's fine. Well, the video was well, I great. I hope this stays out of the court record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will not name the stable. Uh, that was, it was an excellent <laughs> video. And I do remember that being one of your first big departures from watches, but it feels natural to, like you're saying, Christian's charisma uh, yeah, and, and talking about a product he's passionate about. Yeah. And I think more so than anything, like we just want to talk about, you know, companies that we admire, products that are just high quality and things, really just things that tell a story, whether that's like, you know, your loafers or just a good like dress shirt or a cigar you know we did a video about his grandpa you know driving a cab for 45 years which was one of my favorite episodes it's like you know we just want to talk about you know what human story is behind these products you know and like how do you you know get a, a really vast knowledge of of like who's behind these things you're wearing and the things you're doing and where you're eating and what you're drinking and it you know there really is no limit to any of those things I know, and to have a platform to do it, it's incredible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, it's fun. So, with 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 the business side of things, like you guys have, obviously you're selling watches, and then you have products, whether it's collabs or the watch straps, and then I know you have, uh, you know, since you have an audience now, you can offer, you know, content packages and brand deals and stuff like that. So, what is is watches? like the main focus and will always be, or are you guys really excited about some of the other parts of the business? Yeah. So we just started, you know, doing like partnership deals and, and really offering spots in our content, uh, really just like this month. So watches and the retail business, you know, including like the straps and bracelets and, and, um, you know, roles that will always be the main focus of Theo and Harris. That's what we are you know, primarily, but really, you know, much broader than that. The, the reason that we're even doing this is just to explore really high quality products and offer them in a really honest way and like tell their story really well. And so simultaneously, you know, we're telling the story of a vintage Rolex and we're, we're selling people on this idea that it's much more than just a watch, you know, and it, because that's genuinely what we believe. And so that's really, 
you know, the main focus with retail. And I think that the, the mission sort of, of, of partnerships and content, which is sort of what I'm focusing on now, um, just falls directly in line with that. You know, it's just, if you're the type of person who falls in love with a Rolex Datejust, you know, what is the cigar you're going to want to smoke? What is the scotch you want to drink? What is the perfect dress shirt for you? Where do you, you know, where are you going to get your suits? Like all of that, uh, I think goes along with it. And so while Christian is, you know, posting on Instagram, you know, telling the story of these watches and showing what's in the shop and doing all that stuff and, and continuing to source watches and build those relationships. I am simultaneously, you know, exploring partnerships with brands that, that represent the same history and appreciation for design and quality in other mediums and other, you know, other industries. I think that's pretty cool. And I like watching the transition too. It's been cool to see you guys explore that more. Yeah, it's fun. We have a we have our first sponsored video being released on Monday. Uh, you know, like explicitly, like this is sponsored because everyone thinks all of our videos are sponsored, and they really never are. We just legitimately like the products, and none of that will change. By the way, you know, we will never partner with a company that we do not vouch for the quality of ever. Or if we do, and they, you know, want to have their product reviewed, we will just say we don't like the product. You know, that's the end of it. But um. But yeah, so I'm excited to see the reception. Oh yeah, I think we'll like. I wonder what it's gonna the, be. I know the. I think the three of us are all on the same page with that. It's like, Brock and I don't want to work with companies just because they're giving you any amount of money. It's like, it's it's all about your word, your integrity, and oh, keeping it there. The problem is that I don't. I think so many people don't believe that, and that's fine. You know, people on YouTube believe and say whatever they want to believe and say, but um. But yeah, con convincing people of that, although, you know, for years, all you've done is just try to build your credibility. You know, it's still, it's hard. So every move has to be really, you know, very careful and very calculated. So we've tried to uh, maintain our reputation and we'll see, we'll see how people react to a sponsored video. Yeah. I'll keep an eye mm -hmm. out for it. Uh, and so yeah. we do a segment called Rapid Fire where we typically ask things around the menswear space. And so we'd like to hear what your answers are based on it being like what you like to see on a guy. Okay, I'm okay. ready. Oxfords or brogues? Oxfords. Uh, a navy suit or charcoal suit? Oh, it's really hard. Can you give me like a situation, Warren? Um, Is that like being out for drinks? Mm, charcoal. Uh, loafers or sneakers? Mm. Loafers, probably. You have to say loafers based on who you spend most of your time with. <laughs> I know. I, I know. <laughs> well, he does wear he wears sneakers a lot, and you know that. Yeah. Christian wears sambas all the time. Oh yeah. Uh, so chinos, jeans, or trousers? Uh, I actually chinos. Okay, and then uh, notch lapels or peak lapels? Okay, I don't even know what a notch lapel is. That's like the regular one you see on most suits. <laughs> peak lapels are the, the pointed oh. ones. Um, let's do, let's do notch. Okay. Standard. That's good. All right. And then <laughs> you're like, Oh God, no, no these are more, <laughs> this is the worst. these are more for you now. So, uh, for yourself, do you prefer okay. a morning shower or evening shower? Morning. What was the last book that you read? Uh, built to sell. That's a great one. John Warlow. And then, um, uh, do you prefer the style of spring, summer or fall, winter? Oh, fall, winter. Of course. And then if you're getting in the shower yeah. and you're like pumping yourself up for the day, what song are you playing? 
Oh, it's really hard. I've been listening to a lot of Maggie Rogers. Maggie Rogers is it. Okay. Follow everyone. Light on by Maggie Rogers. Add that to the playlist. Maggie Rogers. Uh, Oh yeah. She's gonna be big. Follow her now. Heard it here first. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I discovered her. Nice. Well, you survived rapid fire, and you told some great stories about TNH, and we're really glad you came to chat with us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I think it's the first time I've ever, like, talked in depth about it. I know. It was great. It's good to reflect on it. Thanks for having me. Everybody has to make sure they're following Anna for the daily behind-the-scenes stuff of TNH, and then, uh, you know, you can see, is there, there should be an Anna playlist on the TNH channel. You should work on that next. I should do that. I definitely will. Guest spots, because I know that people really like the new guy, too. Yeah, Michael. Yeah. (laughs) One of my favorite comments was, uh, never let the other guy back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> people are crazy they, they don't know what's good for them <laughs> yeah that's true all right so we'll link to everything in the, the notes and uh anna thank you for coming on keep up the great work with tnh and we'll catch up with you pretty soon thanks so much for having me guys this was fun thank you for listening to the buttoned up podcast a collaboration between john shanahan of the cavalier and brock mcgoff of modest man and we'll see you next week